show number 140 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Still Talking Trek. So, okay. you can start. You can say hi. Okay, welcome to Look at His Butt. Yay! This is Kitty. It's the, it's, this is Lena, and this is the podcast about William Shatner and his butt. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we jump right into our discussion... I want to update everybody on a little bit of news. Yes, um, news. Definitely going to Creation Con, March 11th, 12th, 13th, mm-hmm. at the uh, Hyatt at the San Francisco Airport. Mm-hmm. Room party will be Saturday night. I created a Facebook event, so if you're following us on Facebook, you can get all the news there, and, and mm-hmm. you can RSVP, or, you know, as always, you can send us email Whatever, to let us know if you're going to be there, want to meet up, and uh, and want to come to our fabulous room party. Yes, and we will also be doing a call-in show like mm-hmm. we did before. So um, we can talk to the same people we talked to before. Of course, it would be good to hear from some new people. So new folks who were not part of the call-in, let's do it this time. And we'll have time probably on Friday and probably on Saturday, so we can accommodate people depending on everybody's schedule. And I think we're going to have a few interviews also, um, maybe via Skype with some people that we'd like to talk to on the show about sure. Star Trek that we haven't talked to yet. So and, it's going to be know, a very we may do, interactive weekend. We may do some Trekkie on the Street inter- interviews, mm-hmm. and uh, so it'll be a lot of fun. Um, it's also, be awesome. we have officially applied to perform at Dragon Con this year, <laughs> which is over Labor Day weekend in mm-hmm. Atlanta. And um, we don't know yet if we are going to, to be okay to perform, but we did send in the application. And I learned a little bit about Dragon Con that I didn't know, which, you know, would not be too surprising because I know just about nothing. Um, <laughs> it's four days long. Mm-hmm. It takes over the city of Atlanta, apparently, because there are like four or five participating hotels. Oh, wow. And the first four are sold out. Oh, Jesus. On the, on the Dragon Con rates. But as we know, you can get really good rates on those hotels with a, a AAA membership or going online or anything. So, you know, if, if your hotel that you adore does not have dragon con rates you can probably still get into it mm. but um so it's a big huge thing the the costume parade takes place in downtown atlanta <laughs> and last year they had forty thousand people at dragon Holy con God. it's like comic con that's crazy i didn't know it was that big it's huge wow so I, I i sent in our application and of course i got an automated email reply acknowledging that it got there and i love it because it starts out dear shatner butt girls because <laughs> that's the name of our act <laughs> so everybody fingers crossed mm-hmm. that uh that that we will be there and be performers mm-hmm. it could be very exciting and of course if we end up going um, we won't just be performing. We'll be everywhere else doing everything and, right. and meeting everyone. Yeah. But if we're performers, I'm sure there's perks. Oh, yeah. Like, sure. I don't know, free admission, goodie bag. Yeah. Hang out backstage oh. with, with Bill. Bill's going to be there. Oh, Bill's going to be there. Oh, so exciting. I know. 
So that's what's new on the on the the convention front, and also the uh, Creation Con March eleventh, twelfth. That is the Shatmoy celebration. We yes. moved it up mm-hmm. to uh, so we could do the convention as well as a Shatmoy party. Yeah, and we felt like Bill and Leonard would understand that we weren't having Shatmoy like on the exact days. Right. They would give us that kind of latitude, and they they wouldn't feel bad about it because they don't give a shit. That's right. That's right. <laughs> And just remember, there will be cake. There will be cake. Okay. Absolutely. And other things. Now, on to something else extremely important. Okay. Just today, I finally got around to doing this. I, had, I gave it some thought. Um, I want to announce to the world what my other Christmas present was. Oh, okay. Good. So, it finally made its way to me after some back and forthing amongst uh, the interwebs and things like that. <laughs> And the gift that I got from JK for Christmas was a star. My very own star. Yes. Appropriate. Now, the thing is, when you get a star from the International Star Registry, you have to name it. Well, that's the whole point. So it took me. Which makes a it good better long, than a tree in Israel. Well, yeah, so it just took me a good long time to figure out what to call this star. And I really did. I, I made up lists, and I thought about what it should be, and um, I, I thought, you know, oh, I could name it William Shatner, but that's kind of obvious. And, he and I bet there is. already is a star named oh, William Shatner. There are probably dozens of stars named William yes. Shatner, so that's not very original. So I wanted to do something original, and then I thought we could call it Look at His Butt, but then, you know, there's just something about that that just didn't seem quite right to me. So I finally hit upon the thing that would be the perfect name, and when I get the certificate for it, I'm going to scan it in. Oh, of course. on the website so everybody can see. But the name of our star is four letters. It's very, very simple, and it goes like this. It's J-K-L-T. <gasps> That's great! It's unique. It's unique to us. And, it's, and it, it, it totally celebrates our friendship, which was, I thought, the most important thing about it. Oh, that's wonderful! See, I thought you were going to name it Lena Taylor. No, no. I, I didn't want it to be just about me. I oh. wanted it to be about both of us. Well, that's wonderful. And it's kind of cool because, you know, it, it goes like the letters of the alphabet, J-K-L and then a T at the end. Yeah. So. And so it's pronounced Jaclet? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's pronounced however the hell you want to pronounce it. But I am really happy about that. So thank you. You're welcome. And and I'm so glad it it brought you many hours of of thinking and planning. And I love what you came up with. Oh, thank you. It's it's great. And it's our star. It's our star (laughs) forever. And when they discover a planet with intelligent life circling our star they'll be J Jaclidians? Uh yeah, that sounds good. I like that. I like that very much. Yes. They'll have their own language. <laughs> <laughs> and only we will be able to understand it. <laughs> they'll have statues to William Shatner all over the planet. <laughs> It's gonna be it's gonna be the planet from Futurama, um, where the, the all the Star Trek people went after you know the heads, where, where all the heads are in jars. Yes, yes, that sounds good. I would be very honored if our star became the the sun that shines on heads in jars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
So I'm so happy about that. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank well, you. you're welcome. I'm glad we finally got that all straightened out. And yeah, it was good. It was so good. Okay, so moving on to the Shatner-related stuff. Yes. So the first thing was that I, as I mentioned on the blog, I was just kind of bouncing around the Internet, and I found these screen caps of Bill in an episode of Route 66, um, and then another one in The Fugitive. And I think we actually have this episode of The Fugitive, but we haven't gotten around to watching it yet because we've got so much stuff. And it's called Stranger in the Mirror, and it's from 1965. And the site where I got these caps from is a blog called Thrilling Days of Yesteryear. And I think that this guy has blogged about Shatner before. Um, and he's put up some sh- uh, screenshots, and he's pretty good with the Shatner stuff. Like, he totally gets Bill, and even all of the screen caps for this were really good. So I just thought the one screen cap of Bill doing Kirk pose, overly dramatic. Was oh, great. yeah. And then I just could not believe the second screen cap. I mean, I'm sitting here looking at it like. Oh my God! I, like, how did this get on television? Is incredible. So that was awesome. That was very awesome. And now I'm going to read a little bit of um, what he quotes from. Um, so he quotes from another blog called "Things That Don't Suck." <laughs> that says, um, Star-, "Star Trek is supposed to be fun, which is something more or less every incarnation between the original TV show and J.J. Abrams' version forgot." Star Trek at its most basic is devoted to a formula that involves going out into space and finding something weird there. Maybe that weird thing will be some kind of monster who will force Shatner to take off his shirt. Maybe that weird thing will be a green alien bimbo who will force Shatner to take off his shirt. But whatever it is, damn it, it will involve Shatner shirtless and cardboard sets. And I think that that's true. And yes. lo and behold, here's a TV show with Shatner taking off his shirt. And he actually takes off his shirt in other scenes, too. It's not just this scene. So the whole episode is basically Bill taking off his shirt and doing other things. That's in The Fugitive? In The Fugitive. So oh, wow. But, but then there was the, the clip from The Fugitive that shows the scene where he takes, where he's got the giant heart on. And I was just sitting here like going I can't believe that this was on television that is basically softcore porn (laughs) well I'll tell you when I watch the clip first of all it starts out and I'm going he's sleeping and he's smiling (laughs) so we know he's pretending you know acting like he was having a dirty Uh dream Uh and then you know the wife comes in and they they cuddle and yeah when he got out of bed I went I mean, geez, tent pole in his jammy bottoms. Oh, so, so he did this woman. I mean, clearly they they were having a sexual relationship off screen. But just the way he grabs her and starts making love to her right on camera. Oh my goodness! So I have to say, I feel very confident that this is pretty much the way Bill Shatner grabs a woman and starts kissing her in the morning when he wakes up and he wants to have sex with her and that's a fine <laughs> fine thing yes I like that that's a very fine thing oh so if you haven't gone to the blog to see this little clip you must watch it because it's amazing and i think i speak for most women when i say um as a woman that's the way i'd like to be grabbed <laughs> especially by william shatner yeah by somebody but, as um, hot as charming and hot as bill He's he's just so good at this. He's really, really good at this. 
Yep. Well, all you know, I was thinking about that whole question of how did this get on TV? And, you know, I'm thinking so many of those things were done. They did not have exorbitant budgets. Mm-hmm. And certainly they had no idea that screen caps and DVDs and, you know, remastering was coming up and everything. And so... I'm thinking Bill got away with all kinds of crap, mostly because they did not have the time and money to reshoot. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. Yep, exactly. And and, we're and thank God. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay. So, oh, that just is amazing. I really felt like I needed a cigarette after that. Oh. It, was, it was fantastic. So we will watch that sometime soon and um, see the context. Yes. Okay. Oh, um, before we go on to our next thing, I thought of something else yes. I wanted to tell you. I watched the Pioneers of Television this week where they oh, did good, the sci-fi. Mm-hmm. And um, there was, like, not much in it that I didn't already know. But there were a couple of things that I I thought were worth mentioning. First of all, it's very interesting how the stories we know about the filming of Star Trek and how it came about and blah, 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 change, sometimes in small ways, sometimes in rather substantial ways, every time you hear them. (laughs) And I was thinking, this is part of why it's a mythology, Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you hear all these different stories about how, how Roddenberry got it on the air. And all kinds of different stories about um, the first interracial kiss. And there was one story Nichelle told about, which we've all heard about when she was going to quit. And Martin Luther King told mm-hmm. her, no, you represent us. And, we, you know, it's the first time we're seeing someone in a, in a position like that. And, and, you know, she's a respected member of the crew. She's one of the officers. But here's the thing. Um, they were saying she was going to quit after the first season, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and she got this call saying um, from, I don't know, whoever, come on over, we want you to meet this Trekkie. So she went, and there was Martin Luther King, and he said, I'm the Trekkie, I'm the biggest Trekkie in the world. And I thought, I don't think the term Trekkie was around yet. I don't think so, and that's not the way I've heard that story before. I know, that, that's the other thing I'm saying, is every time I hear that story, it's a little bit different. Yeah, wow, that's interesting. But. Um, oh, go ahead, I have, I have a thing about this too, but go on. Okay, the other thing is, when they were talking about Shatner's early career, mm-hmm. they showed the whole underwear wrestling scene from Alexander <laughs> the Great. <laughs> Very sharp and clear. Very sharp and clear. Well, here's the thing. (laughs) My sister, who is not a Trekkie, sends me an email (laughs) saying, um, this thing is on tonight because she's on a different time zone, and you should try to catch it. There's lots of Shatner. And I said, I wrote back, and and I said, yes, I I saw it. And I said something about the underwear wrestling scene from Alexander the Great. And she said, oh, my God, when I saw that, I even said talk about look at his butt and remember she's not a Shatner fan right but she had it on TiVo she rewound it and watched it slowly several times that's so funny well I was able to download it from the internet so I'm going to go through and try to screen cap the underwear uh, better so that we can have a good look at it at the cheekage yes the cheekage and someone posted on the more Shatner group um what Bill said about Kirk? Oh yes, it was very funny. 
so I have it right here. I'm going to read it. Okay. This is Bill talking about Kirk. He says, he was handsome and athletic and smart and a leader and intelligent and funny and had lots of women trailing him and men loved him. He was sort of me. <laughs> and Bill said that with a straight face and held the straight face for a couple of beats before he smiled and sort of chuckled. But, you know, if you were just watching it, just that much of it, you'd go, he really thinks that. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't know it was tongue-in-cheek. Well, I liked his choice of words there. Mm-hmm. I like all of the adjectives that he got in, and I like that he said, had lots of women trailing him and men loved him. Yes. Men loved him. Not they looked up to him, but they loved him. They loved him. They wanted to follow him into outer space. That's right. They worshipped him like the god he was. Yes, the man god. The man god. Yeah. So that's awesome. So I'm looking forward to watching that and seeing what other little tidbits. But I will definitely try to screen cap the cheek itch because that will be great. Oh, they also um, talked a lot to the uh, Lost in Space people. Uh-huh. Because that was like their big competition. <clears throat> apparently and um the the weird thing was Angela Cartwright told a story that um a few years ago she and Bill Moomy and I don't know if if anybody else did but you know whoever was still around got invited to go to NASA and meet mm-hmm. the astronauts and the, <laughs> I think the astronauts must say this to every TV star they meet because the astronauts were telling them you're what inspired me to go <laughs> into outer space I'm going no 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 where you meet giant no. space vegetables <laughs> not on lost in space nope sorry different show <laughs> different other show oh so that was kind of cute oh man all right so next item on the menu this, yeah. and and I mean the menu okay so Mike Sterling sent us an email that says, Captain Kirk is a great steak fan, as revealed here. And there's a link to a blog post that he did on Progressive Ruin. And then he said, I can't help but think of you guys whenever I write something fully Kirkified. Hope you enjoy it. <laughs> so I'm going to read this to you because it's brilliant. And I love Mike Sterling. Okay. So he says, um, his blog. So anyway, we got one of these in the shop the other day. A really nice copy of the official Star Trek cooking manual paperback from 1978. Oh, my God. I did not know that this existed. (laughs) What could the recipes be? Uh, You're going to know in a second. I'm going to read it to you. Okay. Okay. So back to Mike. He says, written by Marianne Picard. Yes, that's sort of like Jean-Luc Picard, I know. In the voice of Dr. McCoy's nurse, Christine Chow, who, who is logging and describing all of the favorite dishes of the Enterprise crew, the Klingons, the Federation, the Vulcans, and the Romulans, oh along God. with an appendix listing the favorites of the actual actors and creators of the show. The recipes all include brief introductions from Chapel, like so. First one says, Georgia chicken pie. Dr. McCoy is a most hard-headed skeptical and scientific space medicine specialist. He is also a gentleman from Georgia, where many families have loyally maintained traditions from the 19th century and earlier. It should not surprise us that his favorite dish is a chicken pie made just as they were in the days when the kitchen was in a separate building behind the main house. This recipe serves four generously. Or, borzoi borscht... (coughs) Perens beet soup, 
Chekhov jokingly calls his borscht recipe Borzoi Borscht after the swift wolfhounds because it takes him so little time to prepare. This recipe serves from four to six people. Next one, Barkaya Marak, cream of spinach soup. Though this is sometimes confused with plomique soup, it is actually a much more plebeian dish. It is a real dirt farmer soup, full-bodied and satisfying. Whose favorite spoon- is this? It doesn't say. Oh. <laughs> the, sp- the spoonful of sour cream with which the Vulcan country women of long ago graced their plain fare was likened to a morning star shining through the first pale green streamers of the Vulcan dawn. <laughs> Ew! <laughs> Ew! I guess that must be a Vulcan recipe. Pale green streamers of, of, of broccoli, of spinach? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, but this is the best part. Okay, back to Mike. Now, as one might expect, Captain Kirk is a special case. He, like everyone else in the book, has his wide variety of interestingly named foodstuffs, like deviled potatoes, the triples banquet, <laughs> Oskaloosa log, Schwartzwelder tort, but there, in the middle of the list, is a recipe simply named steak. <laughs> Kirk has no need of fancy pants names for his slabs of meat. <laughs> and then quoting from the book, Captain Kirk is a great steak fan. First choice with him is a steak grilled over a charcoal fire or an open wood fire. But a close second is a steak with a brush-on sauce that takes equally well to frying. With steak, he likes baked potatoes, corn pudding, and coleslaw. This recipe will provide eight servings. And Mike says, unless, of course, Kirk himself is at the meal, his manly appetite requires all of the servings. (laughs) Well, you know what I have to point out? Yes. Corn pudding and coleslaw is real Midwestern. (laughs) Captain Kirk, steak. It's fantastic. It's just fantastic. So I, I left a comment on the blog that said, How is it possible that you own this and I do not? I'll be breaking into your house soon to steal it. <laughs> so, I hope you don't get in trouble with that comment. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. So at some point I am going to need to acquire this particular piece of Trek crap because I have to see what else they have Captain Kirk eating. Well, and see. also if they have other, you know, like appetizers and things, we can serve them at Shatmoy parties. Uh, yes, exactly. So anyway, but I love it. Captain Kirk, steak. Steak. <laughs> steak. steak. <laughs> Did you ever see the one on The Office when... Um, they were having a, a a bridal shower for Phyllis, so M- Michael had a a stag party down in the warehouse, and of course he doesn't really know what's supposed to go on, but you know he he gets his George Foreman grill and he's grilling up steaks for the guys, and he keeps saying, "Okay, the man meat is ready. Who wants some man meat?" <laughs> And I could oh, see man. Christine Chapel saying that, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right, one last thing before we take our, our first break here. Um, I just posted to the blog another illustration from Naked Time. I saw that. And I just wanted to spend just a couple minutes talking about it because we talked about the last one. Now, I hope you agree with my caption for this. Did you notice what I called it? Yes, and I thought you were absolutely right. (laughs) So, this is an illustration 
from the story, and the story was one of those stories that was like 28 pages long, and it was single-spaced, so I wasn't going to read it. Two columns, single-spaced, <laughs> in like eight-point type or something. So, so we don't even that. know what it is? I don't know what it is, and I don't know what this um, woman quotes. See the air quotes there? What <laughs> yeah. this woman's name is? She's um, doing like super air quotes. She is, actually. She's doing mean, I, vicious air quotes, and you know what else? What? I think... On her one hand, I think her fingers are backwards or something. Maybe that's what she's so upset about. I think it really looks like Kirk is in a John Waters movie because she doesn't look like uh, a regular woman. She looks like a drag queen to me. Well, and you know, Kirk, I don't know, something about the hair or something. The whole thing is very Eddie Haskell-ish. And McCoy, and poor McCoy was interrupted in the middle of putting his eyeliner on. He totally was. <laughs> and you correctly pointed out that Kirk's mouth is all wrong. Oh, it's, yeah. It's like it's pasted on. It does look like a Senior Wences mouth. Well, the, the thing is, they said, Bill, you got to stop making the face where you look like Bill the Cat. So now he's doing this. <laughs> but it's just such a weird picture that he's supposed to be on the bridge and this woman is behind him like going rawr and he's not having any reaction to it and McCoy is sort of giving this like giant eyeball look at her right instead of like just reaching forward and going don't dig your fingernails into the captain's toupee or something and she so has like the divine eye makeup going on oh yeah it's crazy it's so crazy you know who who could play her if they made this like into a movie um Who's the, who's the 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 woman from the Christopher Guest movies, uh, Parker Posey? <laughs> Can't you see her just freaking out? Totally, she could do it. Oh, that's a weird, weird picture. It really is. So that's another uh, interesting picture from the collection of zines that that we have for sale. You know, <laughs> uh, I am selling them. So if you want a copy of one of these, let us know. Um, this is from Naked Times, but there are more uh, KS scenes that I'm going to put up there soon. I will find more illustrations because every time I open them up, I find something like this and I go, oh, shit, I have to scan this and put it up there. <laughs> People won't believe it unless they actually see it. That's right. Uh, and you know what's weird to me about these illustrations? This is like done in pencil, I guess. Mm-hmm. It looks like a pencil drawing. And it's got a lot of detail in it and yep. a lot of shading. How was it possible for someone to spend as many hours as they spent on this and just fuck things up so horribly in certain places? Like his mouth. (laughs) How could they get that so wrong? It's just, it's bad. It's just bad. But it's their passion. Is to to draw this just like, you know, it, it, it was my passion to write fanfic and some of it was crap, you know, until I learned what I was doing. And, and I put a lot of time into it. I guess. It just amazes me that so much of this looks really pretty good, and then some parts of it are just complete shit. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, I encourage everyone to go look at it and make fun of it just in the way we have done. (laughs) Because that's always fun. Yep. Okay, so let's take a little break. Okay. And uh, I think we're going to watch something, and then we're going to talk about it. I I think think that's the plan. Okay. Okay. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. 
its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Look at his butt and tell us about it. Email to lookathisbutt at gmail.com, comments on the blog at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com, and you can find us on Facebook, too. This podcast brought to you by the magic of Skype, GarageBand, and my MacBook Pro. Well, now we have insight. 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 Let me read from the Wikipedia entry on insight so you know what the hell we're talking about okay. here. Okay. Insight TV series. Insight was an Emmy winning, Emmy winning, syndicated television series produced by Paulist Productions that aired 250 episodes from 1960 to 1983. Oh. The series, can you believe that? The series presented half hour dramas illuminating the contemporary search for meaning, freedom, and love. It was an anthology series using an eclectic set of storytelling forms, including comedy, melodrama, and fantasy, to explore moral dilemmas. The series was created by Roman Catholic priest Elwood E. Bud Keezer. Bud, who? Bud, the founder of Paulist Productions. A member of the Paulist Fathers, an evangel- evangelistic, evangelistic Catholic order of priests, he worked in the entertainment community in Hollywood as a priest producer. That's an official title. It's hyphenated here in Wikipedia. <laughs> priest producer. And occasional host, using television as a vehicle for spiritual enrichment. So I remember this series being on on Sunday mornings. And uh, because I went to Catholic school, I don't think we were actually required to watch it but i do remember them telling us that it would be a good thing to watch it oh really and watching yes and watching some of them and being like what the fuck is this i can't watch this this is horrible so uh, i don't really have a strong memory of them but i remember them being on sunday mornings wow I see up. i yeah. had never ever heard of this our sunday morning viewing uh was davy and goliath mm-hmm. and then off to church of course as yeah. if Davy and Goliath wasn't torture enough. <laughs> so uh, lots of people were in this, you know, given that it was on for so long, uh, on looking at Wikipedia, all kinds of actors were in it, you know, famous actors and non-famous actors, tons and tons of people went through it mm-hmm. over time. So, of course, we wanted to just focus on the one that has um, William Shatner in it. Well, yeah, we really why else did we even bring it up? Yeah, and, you know, I'm not sure exactly what year that was, but it, it must have been just... Uh, pretty close to pre-Trek because he looked uh, suitably Shatner-ish there. Mm-hmm. Although he had a very dark toupee that was not particularly flattering. I right, think. and they had. I was noticing they had done like this weird styling of all the the men's hair by putting bro cream or whatever in it. And the guy mm-hmm. who was the the chief of police had like a little wave on top built in. He did. And yeah. the guy who was the the um, I don't know the 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 bad 
bad guy's gopher or whatever he mm-hmm. was supposed to be. He had these little wings, and then they had made little wings over Bill's ears. Yes, and then his wife. <gasps> <laughs> had on a monstrosity of a wig. You know, it was almost as bad as the wigs that we've been using in the live show. It was kind of like that. Well, it, it was, was like big, really big. Yeah. I mean, it was beyond big. I mean, it made her head look as big as a pumpkin on top of a stick. It, it did. And it was clear that it was a wig because it was placed on her head differently in different scenes. Yes. Like in some, the hairline was really far down on her forehead, and then in later, it was pushed really far back on her forehead. So <laughs> no. it was like, you, wouldn't, you weren't even supposed to think that it was her hair. It was just like, oh, she's wearing a great big wig. Yeah, or, or hat. Or a hat, yes, a hat made of hair, essentially. That yeah, that's was. more what it was, was a hat made of hair. <laughs> oh, man. And um, we agreed that she and Bill were wearing pretty much the same amount of eyeliner and mascara. Except Bill was wearing false eyelashes. <laughs> yeah, and she was not. It's true. <clears throat> so the, the, why don't you summarize the dilemma being oh, the, dilemma the moral here, yeah. dilemma, which is the crux point of this story. <laughs> Bill plays a guy named Mike who uh, is going to be the head of the reform committee in this little town in Nowhereville. And he and the other do-gooders in town want to uh, basically run the town kingpin out of business. And the town kingpin supports uh, uh, gambling and prostitution. And there's a hint about drugs, although that's not really clear. Um, so they want to, to get him out of town and attract good, wholesome business to their town because there are apparently lots of conventions there for whatever reason. So as he goes about doing this great deed, um, the town kingpin decides not to whack him, which is what we thought was going to happen, Yeah. Um, but instead to sort of threaten his livelihood and, and his family sort of subtly. But then um, Bill triumphs over evil in the end, which is kind of nice. And turns into Captain Kirk. And, and does turn into Captain Kirk, and he starts giving orders, pacing around the room and pointing at people. You, do this. You, do that. Yep. You, do this. Go, do that. Right now. Make it so. Um, there were a couple of scenes in there that were really, really silly. Um, <laughs> and the one thing that we both were laughing out loud about were, were the cuts. Yeah! So, this was done on a very low budget, and one take only, clearly, for everything. And in a scene where, uh, at the very beginning, Bill is discussing this with his wife... Uh, she's sort of saying, oh, don't you know, if you go up against the big bad guy, he's going to make our lives miserable. And first they're sitting at the table, and then they're in bed, and then it's the next morning at breakfast, and the cuts are so that she'll ask him a question, and then they'll cut to him sitting in bed, and he answers the question. (laughs) It's very jarring. And then also you get the impression that he's just been talking this whole time. Yes. Like he just doesn't shut up. (laughs) It's like hours and hours. And he was wearing shiny jammies. Very shiny jammies. And she was sitting at her dressing table, and when she turned around, the actor knocked something over, and they just kept going. Yes. Like you could hear it fall off the well, table, whether it was a brush or something. In the first scene, too, where they were at the, the dinner table or wherever they were talking, they had the noisiest newspaper. Oh, <laughs> so noisy, crinkle, crinkle. And, and I was annoyed because Bill was eating and drinking, and he picked up his coffee cup like he was going to take a drink out of it, but then he didn't, and he put it back down. So that was annoying. And then he, he took, uh, he had a cigarette, 
but he only did one puff of it, so we didn't really get to see his whole unnatural smoking. Yes, we got all excited. We thought maybe, you know, something was going to happen there, but... Oh, man. Uh, so that was kind of silly. And then I got this, I don't know if you picked up on it, but <clears throat> during the course of the episode, uh, it turns out that pretty much everybody higher up in the town is in on it, like the chief of police and the mayor, who is apparently his Bill's father-in-law. He's not really in on it, but he's just gone along with this corruption for a mm-hmm. long time. But the um, the bad guy's gopher comes to talk to the chief of police about this, and then uh, the mayor comes to talk to the chief of police about this. And the chief of police is this kind of... Uh, noirish bad guy yeah and and as they're going on and he's saying to the mayor it was almost a moment out of monty python do you remember the gangsters the vercati brothers yes um and and they're walking around the the colonel's office Mm -hmm. and they're like you know nice nice tanks you've got that colonel wouldn't want anything to happen to them (laughs) like he breaks a cup things break don't they that was exactly the way he was doing it this is the chief of police he's like nice town you got there mayor wouldn't want anything to happen to it (laughs) it was so over the top it was just straight out of a not even a b movie it was like a c movie well i tell you the scariest thing in this though was when the priest came on camera to to (laughs) lecture us Now we know his name is Bud. (laughs) (laughs) But his name is really Elwood. But Father Elwood started out intense and built from there. His eyes got wilder and wilder. And his his hand gestures, we were having a lot of fun while he was talking, (laughs) you know, miming things via video Skype to each other. And the the most fun is to reach towards the camera with your hand like you're <laughs> Apollo about to grab the Enterprise because he was doing lots of, you know, emphatic hand gestures. He was, and he kept gesturing, and the camera was getting closer and closer and closer, <laughs> and I thought we were going to end up, like, with a giant close-up on his, his wild, hysterical eyes, but it didn't happen. But, yeah, he was preaching at us for a bit there about how tough it is to be moral and make decisions and all that. But fortunately, Bill saved the day. So yes. We were all quite pleased about that. Yes. Um, I have to say, though, <laughs> all I could think, you know, it was actually not a bad little morality play. And I don't feel like you needed the, the priest driving all that home. That was really overkill. But um, the other night, I didn't get to see the Golden Globes because I was rehearsing. But I heard all the hubbub about Ricky Gervais mm-hmm. insulting all the celebrities and being mean-spirited. Mm-hmm. And he was on the Piers Morgan show, so I watched that. I just watched that. I watched okay. that like half an well, hour Well, and they yeah. pointed out this thing he said at the very end, which almost got cut, which I thought was a blast, because celebrities are always thanking God for their awards. Mm-hmm. And he said at the end, said, thank you, God, for making me an atheist. <laughs> that was brilliant. I just love that. And that's, you know, pretty much what I was thinking when, uh, you know, the priest was just hammering this little message home, which, I mean, it's not a bad message. You know, if you really believe in something, you do have to, to you know, not just talk the talk. Mm-hmm. But, you know, oh, well. But that's sort of like the, the basis of Catholicism is that they can never tell you anything once mm-hmm. or show you anything once. They've got to tell it to you over and over and over again. So. Yep. It's sort of consistent with the the whole philosophy there. 
Um, so now we've seen Bill in another weird television thing <clears throat> that he did because Bill will do anything for television. Oh, one other thing we both enjoyed in this, though, that we should bring up, and I'm not sure we've ever... Well, I can think of one other instance where we've seen this, but um, they framed him, so he spent the night in jail. They drugged him oh. and then arrested him on uh, charges of public drunkenness and said he was with a 17-year-old girl in the Acme Motel with yeah. um, Wiley Coyote over in the next room. But um, <laughs> he looked really good with um, his morning stubble when he woke up yes. in the jail. And mm-hmm. the only other time I can remember seeing Bill like that is in uh, Star Trek VI when they're in Rura oh, Penta. Oh, yes, yes, of course. And I always thought yeah. he looked sexy in that. So he, this he was fun. It, it didn't hurt that he was also sort of sweaty. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he had a lot of eyeliner on, and, and he looked pretty good. I mean, he looked good, of course. This is pre-Trek, so his face was very beautiful, and he was very slim. And Yeah, and all know, his he, close-ups, his skin was so beautiful. It was. It was very, yeah. very, very beautiful. Um, it bothered me that in the very first scene, he was wearing um, a shirt and a tie, and his tie was about three quarters of an inch wide. <laughs> like, <laughs> and the thing with those super skinny ties is the front piece never covers the back piece. No, Because they're no, so skinny, they end up going in different directions. So it ended up actually looking like a really long, freaky bolo tie. <laughs> I was <laughs> just thinking that. <laughs> Oh my goodness so there you go so that was insight and i'll just say one more thing about insight which was that we watched it through to the credits and one of the crew was named dick Steele. yep which has to be a porn name but mm-hmm. there you go and this is one of those things where again you know it's going to be very questionable quality when people are you know doubling in roles and mm-hmm. um i think the director whose name was bill finnegan was also the associate director. Yeah, I think so. There were multiple people in multiple roles. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, something to be wary of. But yeah, we can check yes. it off our list. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. I think the next thing on the list has to be Fugitive now that we've seen I think so, too. Clip. In fact, well, I don't know that we could stand to wait that long. I was going to say it might be a fun Shatmoy showing. But, oh. you know, that's in March. Well, we could watch it, you know, before that, and then, of course, watch it again. That's true. There's no reason why we couldn't watch it again. Yeah, that's true. Over and over again. Yeah, that would be good. All right, I'll tell you what. Let's take a tiny little break, and then we'll come back with something at the end. Let's do that. one more thing to discuss with you all and we know that there are listeners to this podcast in Australia good day mates <laughs> okay we got an email from Nikki and um, she says just saw your tweet about Bill coming to Australia yay I yay. checked the website and listen to this there are a couple of ticket options but I think you will agree that is this is really the only choice now, I'm not going to tell you the price. 
You get to guess the price for this. Okay. So, so first of all, is this at a convention, like a science fiction convention? I believe or what? so. Yes. Okay. Okay. It's the Platinum Day ticket. Mm-hmm. Special extended evening function with all the guests, which includes an exclusive session with William Shatner. Friday what kind night of session. What? <laughs> what kind of session? <laughs> exclusive. <laughs> Friday night in Sydney and <clears throat> Sunday night in Melbourne. Entry into event for full day of programming, first class seating in the first few rows, priority queuing for photos and autos, guests are giving away cars, an autograph <laughs> from each of the guests, and an individual professional photograph with each guest. These tickets are very limited. Hmm. So what do you think the price of the Platinum Day ticket is? Oh, my God. Well, you know, I I have to come back to that question again. What kind of session with William Shatner? Because if it's like a massage session where he's rubbing my back, I would pay a lot of money for that. (laughs) Well, I think we can assume it's not that. I think it's like a little... Maybe not cocktail party, but, you know, a little, like, get-together with these special guests and these these few uh, fans from the first few rows. Okay. Do you think you get to, like, sit down at a table with him and hold his hand? Probably not. Oh, see, because then it's not worth it. All right, I wouldn't pay very much for that. I don't know. Maybe, uh... Well, okay, now the question is not what would I pay for it, but what might it be worth to someone else? I don't know, 500 bucks? They are asking, now this is Australian dollars, and I don't know how they compare to American, mm-hmm. $1,100. <gasps> oh, my God. That's a lot of money. Yes. Jesus. Yes. <sighs> and so I wrote back to Nikki and said, well, tell us all about it. And then she wrote back and said, um, I actually won't be going. <laughs> but if I could, that's the ticket I would be buying. Wow. Um, but I, she said I, that she hopes someone can be there to grab an interview for you. And as we heard from Maynard... He is yes, he is going to try to, to interview Bill while he's there. Oh, you know, and you know that if Maynard gets to talk to Bill, somehow he's going to slip in, look at his butt, because he does that in every goddamn interview he does with anybody. I know, and the <laughs> thing is, he wouldn't even have to stretch to get it in this time. No, not at all. Maynard does Shatner-level shilling. He is such a professional. And he shills for us. And I mean, we are so appreciative. It's more oh, it's, than a shout-out when Maynard does it. It is. It is an actual, real shill. Mm-hmm. It's, it's quite amazing. And the thing well, is, I, if, if Maynard asks him, are you aware of this look at, look at his butt show, I, um, we know that at one point for like three seconds he was aware mm-hmm. of it because that yes. guy asked him about yeah, it. Um, right. Some guy. Some guy. That's <laughs> some guy. Was. Some guy. But... Um, God, I wish they would film that interview because I would love to see the expression on Bill's face when Maynard describes what we do. Do yeah, they have this, these two crazy American women who spend uh, you know an hour every. Couple well, he of calls weeks us talking girls. You girls. That's right. He does call us girls. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I wonder what else Bill's going to do while he's in Australia. I mean, he's going to wrestle a kangaroo. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, he's going to... Okay, let me back up from that. I wonder what Bill isn't going to do while he's in Australia because he's going to do everything while he's in Australia. Well, I know like the last time he was there, or maybe it wasn't the last time, but one time when he was there and it was with his wife, Elizabeth, they were like sitting in some restaurant with a beautiful view of Sydney Harbor and they saw that you can climb that bridge. 
and uh walk across it. Uh And Bill went, we got to do that. And he like grabbed everybody who was with him and said, come on, we're going to go do this. And Bill did it, which amazes me because he has said he has a fear of heights. I mean, I can hardly even look at people doing that. So that's him, right? He's just going to go and he's going to do everything that there is that he could do Mm -hmm. that will be like dangerous and foolhardy and exciting and adventurous he's going to do it all Mm -hmm. everything he's going to tame a dingo (laughs) if there was ever going to be anybody who would find that the um the last tasmanian tigers you know the 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 animal that everybody thinks is extinct bill would be the guy to find it he would go into you know the wilds of tasmania and it would come to him because it would be attracted to his charisma. Um, I saw the Craig Ferguson show the other night, and he was talking about that the Tasmanian devil has been added to the endangered species list. Really? And he oh, said, no. poor thing. He said, you know, he wasn't the least bit surprised that he said, have you ever seen the Bugs Bunny cartoon? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know the difference between a stick and a piece of dynamite. <laughs> so funny well i i'm really looking forward to hearing what what kinds of uh, crazy antics bill gets up to in australia yes and i'm sure he will share them all with maynard he will and he'll be tweeting bill will be tweeting from australia so we're going to get to hear about all those things do you think he'll tweet who are the shatner buck girls he might (laughs) maybe hey he's going to be at dragon con Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing if Bill did his spiel in the afternoon and we were on that night? <laughs> we could, we could, you know what we're going to have to do if that really happens, if Bill is on before we are on, we're going to have to write a whole bunch of new material based on what he said that afternoon. Well, also, and I'm just thinking it would be so exciting to say, well, William Shatner opened for us. <laughs> <laughs> he warmed up the crowd for us right. and he, he leaves them, them pretty hot and then you know of course during the live show he might just be walking by the room just as we're having people screaming William Shatner <laughs> or when they're doing Shatner warm ups that's right <laughs> oh man because that, that is one of the audience favorite things is Shatner warm ups oh everybody loves the Shatner warm ups yes it's it's the best. And I Marjorie, of course, will be there. Yeah, of course she will. And, oh, Jimmy, and there stuff. you are. Come on <laughs> in. And talk to the people. <laughs> Marjorie might have something to say about Bill's performance on stage. I think. <laughs> well, there are very few topics that Marjorie does not have something to say about. But I have to tell you about Marjorie. Okay, right now, <laughs> everyone in Chicago is agog, simply agog, over that the Bears are going to play the Green Bay Packers in the playoffs, and the mm-hmm. winner goes to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And that is a huge competition here, Bears versus Packers. And as you probably know, Wisconsin is like 30 miles from here. Mm-hmm. So all week, the, the, the TV news is going insane with finding weird Bears and, and Packers face-off things. And they keep finding different spots somewhere along the state line where – Bear fans and Packer fans actually hang out together, and they go and interview. <laughs> okay, I am not making this up. One of them was 
the cheese castle. (laughs) I couldn't believe it. I thought I made up or that Marjorie had made up the cheese castle. Wow. And did it have a sign in front that said Captain Kirk was here or something? (laughs) No, I think it's going to be up to you and me to provide that sign when you come to visit. I think maybe we'll have to do that. Wow. The cheese castle. (laughs) Is it a castle made of cheese? (laughs) No. You know, from the little bit of of the news I saw, because I looked up when they said cheese castle, of course. (laughs) What? What? Um, It seems to be like some sort of restaurant or pub you know, where, where people hang out and, and watch football games, and there are plenty of those all around here. But, um, of course, none of them are going to be watching it there that day because they'll get mm-hmm. into fights and things. But it was called the Cheese Castle. That's insane. <laughs> cheese ca- that's, that's crazy. So I, it just proves really... no matter how ridiculous something is that you think you made up, it actually exists. It's true. It's it's absolutely true. I, I, I know you can't see me that well on Skype, but I'm rolling my eyes. I'm like, I can't believe that this is a real thing, the cheese castle. <laughs> well, I think we should add it to our list of things to do when you come to visit. We'll go to, to, go to the cheese castle. We'll go to Riverside, Iowa. Uh-huh. And we'll go to the Cheese Castle. The Cheese Castle, and we'll have some cheese. Well, I would hope so. Well, I bet it's real reasonable. No, oh, I'm sure. Cheese curds. Actually, I've had cheese curds. Do you have know you what my them? husband saw on TV? They what? were they were doing a thing about people preparing snacks, you know, for watching the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they went to Wisconsin, and the people were making deep-fried cheese curds. That sounds pretty gross. Um, I just about threw up when he told me. (laughs) Uh, Cheese curds on their own are actually pretty good. Okay, I'll take cheese. I'll take your word for it. Yeah, I I like cheese, so I I, I could have that. It'd be all right. Oh, okay. And and steak. (laughs) (laughs) And coleslaw and corn pudding. Corn pudding. Corn pudding is actually very good. good. I've had it. Steak. Steak. Yeah, in big capital letters, steak. <laughs> well, maybe we'll, I'll get hold of one of those Star Trek cookbooks uh, before the Shatmoy event, and, and we might make something out of it. Well, I, I think uh, maybe you should contact Mike Sterling and ask him, are there, like, appetizer and snack recipes that are pretty easy to assemble? Oh, oh you know when you make uh, pigs in blankets, but instead of making them with yeah. little pigs and stuff, you make them with hot dogs and just roll them up in the... The biscuits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you uh-huh. know what those are? What they're called? What? They have a science fiction what? name. What's that? Darth dogs. <laughs> because they look like lightsabers. <laughs> and where did you come across this piece of information? Well, where do you think? When I was visiting my niece and her little kids were having Darth dogs for dinner. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> that's just really weird. <laughs> It was so if any of if any of our listeners out there have the Star Trek cookbook and they want to sell it to me, I really want to buy it now. So. <laughs> or they could trade it for one of those great KS zines. That is true. We'd be willing to trade it for a zine. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I really now that I know it exists and I know how horrible and cheesy it is, I really want. It. I I wonder. It couldn't possibly be more horrible than the Gallery of Regrettable Food. No, I, I don't think it's more horrible, but I do think it's probably on the same level as that um, 
the book where we found the interview with with uh, Kirk's mother originally? Yes. I think it's about on that level. I think so, too. And that's why I want it so badly. So, Well, um, I want to close the show by asking you a question um, yes. about our star, oh, yes, the JKLT yes. star. Did it say in the stuff that you got mm-hmm. through the interwebs, do they like send you a, a celestial chart that shows where you, where our star is? Um, you know, I don't know. I, I know that they send you a bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. but I, I didn't actually read through like the long list of everything that you get. I suspect there is something in there. I noticed that in the uh, um, the checkout, it tells you what the coordinates of your star is, but I, like I didn't I didn't write it down because I figured oh they'll just send me the certificate. So oh okay, uh, we, can, we can get all that stuff when it comes in the mail because yeah, you I'll know that it. might be a great thing sometime if we're ever anywhere with a decent telescope. Um, yeah. or held hostage at a planetarium to ask them, can we please look at our star? We could. We could do that. And then the guy at the planetarium is going to go, you know you don't really own that star, right? <laughs> yes, we do. It's got our name on it. <laughs> and it's Just like the real, the real estate on the moon that I bought. Mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I own a, a fountain at the bottom of the ocean. Wow, you're you're oh. quite um, galactic if you have uh, owned something on the moon and now a star. And now a star, yes, wow. it's true. All right, well, I think we better wrap this up because we're getting a little bit silly. I think so um, too, but um, we will we will update you on the status of our star. Yes, and uh, and what's going on there, or what we imagine is going on there. That is true, with all those little people and their their statues of Shatner. Yeah. Um, So keep checking the blog. Keep checking Facebook. Let us know if you're going to come to our party. Let us know if you would like to. So we'll get enough cake. That's the whole point is we have to have enough so you can all have cake. And let us know if you're going to be able to call in to be interviewed and, uh, you know, talk to everybody else here on on the show because that's what we would certainly like. And like I said, we're going to be pretty flexible as far as times go. And all you need to do is have Skype. Right. You Skype us. We'll record it. That's all you need to do. And you can download Skype for free. And, Mm -hmm. you know, some of you people who have written into us with, um, you know, great questions – like the one we had in the last show about the Kobayashi Maru. If you mm-hmm. want to talk about that some more, this is a great opportunity for us to, you know, actually have some back and forth. So don't, don't hesitate to, to download Skype and let us know that, mm-hmm. um, that you want to do a call-in sometime that weekend because we would yeah. love to do that. And, and we'll also have a set of questions that we'll probably ask everybody just like we did before. But they'll be different um, they'll be di- questions. Different. Yes, they'll be different questions. Yes. That'll make you think. That'll be good. All right. All right. So I think that wraps it up for now. So uh, we're really looking forward to Shatmoy. It's going to be great. Yep. We're, we're getting ready. Yeah. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.